course I was disappointed that I didn't win because mm-hmm. I put the work in to get the result of, mm-hmm. of, of being victorious. Mm-hmm. Of course, I was a piece of me was disappointed, but I was, it was a competition. You went, I whooped a ton of dudes. And, and then just because I wasn't victorious in that moment, it was like, everyone was like, they can believe they're, oh no, he's faking it. He's faking it. Why, why is he not crying? Why is he not down? Why is, cause he was winning that whole fight. And then that moment it happened. I'm like, it is what it is. I'm not gonna cry about it. Most people who are not, um, does not have the competitive spirit. They don't believe if they lose everything, like for me and myself. I'm not wishing bad stuff for me. If I lost everything tomorrow, mm-hmm. I'll get it back again. Because mm-hmm. I had it a couple, I had it four or five times before. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been broken rich more than anybody I know. But it's all about not giving up. Here we go with another episode of Hot Boxing. I'm Mike Tyson. I'm Sebastian Joseph Day. We're here with Kamaru Dean Usman, a.k.a. the Nigerian Nightmare. Kamaru Dean. You see how they put the full government out. You know, most people don't know that. (laughs) How you doing, my man? I'm good. I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. It's a pleasure to be here again. Uncle Mike. Thank you, you, brother. I see you hanging out with the pretty actress. Come Mm. on, the beautiful um, (laughs) African actress. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, Miss Miss Michaela Cole, you know, and Mm. and Lupita at the at the fights. Uh, Yeah, Miss Michaela Cole. That's like my sister. Amazing writer, producer, director, actress. You guys look beautiful together. That's my sister. Family chemistry. That boy Mike trying to hook you up. (laughs) He's already connected, man. Uh, No, no, she's she's an amazing individual. We actually met on the set of uh, of Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, So uh, we're we're filming that. I met some amazing uh, actors and actresses on that set. But um, we just like this beautiful black click. Yeah, we just, I saw just this, I saw this you know? young lady. I was in um, Kansas City, Missouri. I guess for the um, four twenty fifth, mm. and I got off the elevator and I seen this beautiful. She was from um, where Idi Amin was from. Um, uh, where is he from? In, in uh, is it a? Uh, yeah, I'm drawing a blank. Can't yeah. put me on the spot, Mike. I'm drawing a blank. You're African, too. Yeah, I know, I know. It makes, I'm looking anyway, bad right, right? there. Um, Uganda. Uganda, you know, yeah. She was as black as this wall, but so beautiful. Yeah. Her black, beautiful skin is shine. I said, yeah. wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. It looks so, they're special. They're special. Yeah. I know when those slavers went over there and saw them, they would say, whoa. Black is beautiful. That. Yeah, we need that. Black is beautiful. Black is beautiful. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's why they, they, you know what, let's go ahead and take some of them with us. You know, seriously. Let's take some back home. The guy that made the song Amazing Grace, he was a slaver. Really? Then he got turned out with God and he stopped and he created that song. Wow. Mm. I wonder if he's still receiving royalties from that song. No, he's dead. <laughs> he's dead 200, 300 years. His family, though? His family, well, maybe? His family? His family? No. Yeah, I'm one. I uh, bet you didn't get shit. No, no. <laughs> somebody stole the, yeah, the rights. Yeah, right. somebody stole the rights 200 years ago. That's how it, that's how it be. That's how it be. Mike, have you ever seen the show Drink Champs? Drink Champs, I've been on Drink Champs. Isn't it so fire? It has all the hip hop artists and popular people on that show, it's fire. Everybody's getting so plastered on that show. How fucked up did you get on the show? Um, I don't drink, but I noticed that um, 
I was among drunk people. <laughs> you didn't smoke at all? I believe I must have smoked. I, I must have. I don't remember, but I just knew I was uncomfortable around a bunch of drunk heathens. <laughs> Get ready to raise the glass and turn up the volume because Drink Champs is back. Join legendary Queens rapper Nori and DJ EFN as they drink, laugh, and chat with some of the biggest names in the rap game and pop culture. They have some of the most legendary guests like Derek Jeter, ASAP Rocky, Shaquille O'Neal, and Kevin Hart. Drink Champs has it all. Listen in to a night of boozy conversations and boisterous storytelling. They focus on looking back on their success, stories, their rise to fame, and just amazing storytelling overall. In this unfiltered series, drinks are flowing, jokes are rolling. So tune in, take a seat at the table, and join the conversation with Drink Champ in the Interval Present Podcast Network. Tap in wherever you get your podcast. Listen to Drink Champ. They're my boys. You know the vibes. So, Oos, who you yeah. got tonight for the fight? Uh, which fight? You know, there's the UFC and then there's oh, you yeah. know, the boxing fights. Oh, boxing. Boxing. Um, I actually kind of wanted to go to those fights. But uh, it's um, initially I was, I was, I was going with, with Davis, heavy. But the, the weight, that weight cut, weight situation, fiasco, it's a, you know, that's, that's the first big battle before mm -hmm. the actual. But that's, that's one of the most serious battles because by the time you get in there, that, that part is having fun. You know, the work has been put in. So when you miss weight, it kind of, does that, you know, allude to, hey, the preparation for the fight? Was the preparation good enough? Were you on top of your P's and Q's just to make sure that you made it to the fight and everything was, you know, was, was well set in there? Because if you miss weight at a fight of this magnitude, I mean, what does that say? You know, and, but, you know, I, I like both guys. I really do. But I think, uh, I, I think Tank has been more active. Mm. I think, I think Tank is, is, is in his flow now, you know. He to fought a tougher competition. Tougher competition. And he was able to go out there. And even when he, in, in, the, in the Burials fight, you mm. know, that was, that was a true tell of him. Not just at Burials. You can look at those fights before, the Burials. You can look at the Gamboa fight. He had to go find find those knockouts, and, and the Barrios he really had to find it because yeah. Barrios was a big guy and he was big, a tough yeah. guy. And the guy Cruz was big. Yeah, Cruz was big and gave him a good fight. He gave him a good fight, and I think I believe he hurt his hand in that fight too. Mm. Well, he was definitely not used to fighting guys smaller than him on his size. Yeah, but you know, T Tank I think is a is a bigger dog to where Ryan's kind of taking a lot of time off, which you know for some fighters that does help. Mm -hmm. because then you get to heal and recover mm -hmm. and, and love the sport, love the training, love the process. But I just think at, at, at a fight, fighter like Tank, I think he, he's going to be able to pull it out because I think he's just a little bit more battle-tested. I agree. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I'm, if I having to pick, put me on the spot, I'm going to go with Tank. I'm going to go with Tank. But I, um, you know, there was so, it was a breakdown of, of both of the, you know, the fighters and kind of, you know, Tank is a surgeon with that left hand, mm -hmm. how he finds you. Mm -hmm. He's good with that right hand too, but, you know, there was a stat that kind of broke down watching the tape. Tank does drop his right hand, and Ryan Garcia's bet punches that left hook. So it's who can get there the fastest and the most effective, and it's clean. And I just, I honestly, I love Garcia, but I just, I don't know if he's a great enough boxer, pure boxer, to box Tank for 12 rounds and win the fight. We're gonna see, man. Yeah, we're gonna it's see. Very interesting. Yeah, you know, it's very interesting. It is very interesting, and uh, 
both great fighters. But like you said, I agree with Tank just being battle tested and his adjustments during the matches. Insane. It is. It is. Insane. And, you know, and not not to be completely biased here towards Tank. Garcia does does he can make adjustments as well because you saw him in that the the Luke uh, the fight Campbell, Campbell, Luke Campbell mm-hmm. he gets dropped but he was able to adjust find that body and, and finish the fight so you know kudos to both guys and just kudos to I think you started this situation you had Ryan on on the show and then he <laughs> and then you instigate that didn't you call him <laughs> on Facetime to, to get that going and, and kudos to you for get, being able to. For these guys to be able to come together and give the people the fight that they want, because that's you have to. You know, that's the big thing with boxing. You got all these different characters now, Mm -hmm. all these different fighters, amazing fighters, Mm -hmm. but they won't fight each other. They have to fight Errol Smith. Errol Spence. I I think I think that that will happen because I do know Errol Spence, and I know Errol is not afraid of anybody. I know he's not afraid. That Errol Spence is a certified dog. I do know him and his camp. But you have to beat him. (laughs) That's true. And I, I, I love Crawford. I actually, I went to school in Nebraska. And so, you know, hearing a bit about, I never actually met, met Terrence, but I've heard a lot about him. You know, I know we have similar people in similar circles. So, uh, you know, I like him as well. I think he's a dog. And that's, that fight right there, I don't care if it's $150, I'm paying for that. If I'm not there live, I'm paying for that fight. For sure. Well, let's get, let's get it See, back this, to oh, back, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. but. But the problem with that fight fight is he won money, but he can't. He couldn't sell five thousand tickets. You gotta be able to be a ticket seller. That's why um, Conor McGregor was so well. Wow. He's a ticket seller. See, that's what the problem is. Um, I don't think they could get five thousand seats. That's crazy. I, you, you're right. But don't you, Mike? Don't you also think that it's a dance partner as well? There has to you can be as dominant as you want to be, but if you don't, the right if partner, you don't have the right dance partner, yeah, you know right. people won't want to watch. And I think this is it for him. This is that dance partner that I agree that that gets him to that level to where it's everybody knows who Errol Spence come is. Come down to his boots, somebody. Mm. Yeah, knows. yeah. I feel like that. You know, I I I went through a similar situation. To where, yeah, I would dominate guys and win and win and win, but it's, you know, guys, oh, you know, mm-hmm. this and that. But then you get the right dance partner, which for me was Kobe Covington. Yes. You get that right dance partner. He's the right partner. dance partner yeah. for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is, he is. Everybody wants and to see him win. Everybody wants to see him get his ass kicked. Exactly. And it was just, there was just so much built up in that fight to where, as soon as the fight was over, and that, and that I took more, it was just something about that fight to where there's certain fights you go into, you want to be pretty and dominate and get out as quick and easy as you can. And then there's some fights where you just want to fight. Mm. And that fight, I was just like, we were both, we were both high level wrestlers. Mm-hmm. We could have wrestled and tried to see who's, no, nah, we just made a, a, a mental agreement with one another. We looked at each other, our spirits just made that mental agreement. We're not wrestling tonight. Let's we go, go let's go, mm-hmm. let's go. And I left that fight, I, I was swollen, I was bruised up and, and I'm walking through, I believe I was at the Aria and I'm walking, I couldn't walk through the casino without people. And it was just, you saw it instantly what that dance partner brought out of you in that fight. And so I, I, I do believe, I think these guys, these boxers, you know, I think Errol and, and Terrence, they both need each other. You know, I think Ryan and, and, and uh, Javante need each other. Mm-hmm. And of course, all these fights now starting to pop up. Lomachenko is fighting uh, Devin Haney. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another amazing that fight. Guy? Was it Shantae Keyshawn? 
Which one? David Keyshawn, this new guy. He's 140 pounds. He's uh, from Virginia. Virginia. He's a bad. Yeah. Keyshawn, Keyshawn. Davis. Hmm. Hey, well, I, look him up, Keyshawn Davis. From from the ones, the guys and around that weight, I, I know there's, uh, what's so, en Ennis? What weight is Ennis? 47. Yeah, 47. Oh, he's, so he's a, he's a welterweight, too. That's him right there, isn't it? Ooh. Where he train at? He trains. Um, is it is it he's with, DC he with, with those boys? No, he's with um, Shakur Stevenson crew, I think. Okay. No, he's down with um, Crawford, Bud Crawford. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Crawford, yeah. Okay. No, I thought he was. Oh, there you go, right here. Oh yeah, he's a young guy. Mm. Mm. Nice combination. He's quick. Good. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. My man, Pernell Whitaker. Yeah, good attacks, body, head. It's a harder puncher. And. Oof, oof. You gotta put them together. Yeah. Ooh, see, I get to the mm, side yep, of the guy yeah, movement, yep. see his movement? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's oh, just no, a little he's... kid. How old is he? 21 to Wait, wait, 20. I have to see who his, who, who his trainer is, but, yeah. you know, there's, he, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the sport. Of he's down with um, Shakur Stevenson. Yeah. And you know something about fighting? The people, there's some people that can fight in the UFC and boxing, great, but mm -hmm. they're not street fighters. No. Not good street fighters at all. Really? Yeah, but in the ring, they kick anybody, they're the great champions. Yeah, you, you know what? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's, it, the crazy thing is, it, it's it's just something about that, because it's a, it's a competition at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And so it's something about knowing that it's a competition, there's a, there's an end goal, there's a time limit, this is going to be stopped at a certain point. To where, yes, yeah, so this nigga might pull something out of the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shit so, don't go right, shit is going out. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> Some people thrive in that, but when you in the street fight, there's that level of uncertainty. You don't know what's going to happen. Then the sun's going to come behind yeah, you. Yeah, somebody know. come behind you. And, for sure. Not for sure. Oh, he's a dog. He's, he's a, dog. a dog. He's a dog. Yeah, he's a dog. He's telling the referee to come in. Ooh, so how'd you get started? How'd you get into MMA? I got into MMAs. Um, I was in. In college, mm -hmm. actually, yeah, when I went to college, my freshman year was the first time uh, I saw the sport of mixed martial arts on television. Mm. I was actually, on my fall break, I went up to Fort Dodge, Iowa, mm. to visit my friend at the time, John Jones, who was uh, a freshman in school there. So I go to visit him, and while we're, we're there, we get invited to this house party by some, a friend of the team mm -hmm. to come and watch fights. I was just like, all right, let's go. I'm just going where my friend's going. So we go to the house party to watch fights, and it's uh, it's cage fighting, and I believe it was like uh, maybe Randy Couture fighting somebody, mm -hmm. and I just remember watching it, and I'm there like, oh, these dudes is crazy. They punching, kicking, and elbowing each other. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. I can't do. It. We're not gonna do that. And the guy <laughs> goes, Yo, y'all should do this. Me and John, and we, I think we looked at each other like, Man, we ain't doing that shit. No, nah, no way in hell. And so that was the first time we ever saw a fight. Mm -hmm. And then two years later. I transferred schools. I was in Nebraska. And then uh, my teammate, Joe Ellenberger, mm -hmm. him and his brother, Jake Ellenberger, who actually lived in Vegas, uh, they were both doing MMA. So during the off season, during the summers, they would fight. Amateur, of course, because they couldn't get paid back then. So they would fight um, in this uh, promotion called VFC. And I went and watched them fight. I'm just, I was just, in my head, I was always like, these dudes is crazy for doing this. <laughs> I would never do that. And then in 2010, I finished up and I was training at the Olympic Training Center in, in Colorado Springs. Mm. And one day we get a call 
a friend of mine, Jake Fisher, he was a, a wrestler as well. He gets a call to bring a couple of wrestlers down to uh, Denver to help um, the fighter train. And the fighter was King Mo Lawal. And I have known Mo from the wrestling ranks. So I'm like, all right, I'll ride with you. So we go to Denver and we're in the locker room changing uh, to go out there and work out. And one of the first times I've ever been starstruck. Mm -hmm. And so we're in the locker room, we're changing, and I turn and they come in the locker room, and I turn around, and it's Rashad Evans, and this is right after the Ultimate Fighter, after Rashad had just fought uh, Rampage, mm. that highly anticipated fight, and so Rashad's like the biggest thing walking right now, so I turn around and he walks in, I'm like, oh shit, that's Rashad Evans, and I just remember the feeling that I felt on the inside, I was just like, oh. That's Rashad Evans. Mm -hmm. That's what we're going to train with? All right, then. So it was just something about that day for me. We get done, we're training, me and him are training, and I was impressed by how good his wrestling was. But then we finished up, and we sat there on the mat and just talked, just had a fellowship, and just, he was, I couldn't believe how cool Rashad was. Mm -hmm. You know, it blew my mind that a superstar of this magnitude was so cool and so down to earth. He talked to me, and he asked me, how's wrestling going? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm working hard, but we ain't making shit. I ain't getting paid. Mm -hmm. you, know? you go to this tough tournament all the way to India, you battle a bunch of guys, and you might get $2,000 if you win the tournament. Wow. And then I would go help these MMA fighters and watch them go out and perform, get fight in the night, get $75,000 bonus. I'm like, yo, I'm in the wrong sport. Wow. <laughs> and so at that point, it put something in my mind that I needed to switch. And at the time, I was dating a girl who was a boxer. And she was, she'd also come to the OTC Olympic Training Center and, and train for camps. And, and then there was one camp going on at the time. And the first time I really ever had a, a boxing coach, you know, work with me, I, um, I went up to a uh, big shout out to Barry Hunter over there at, uh, uh, in DC Headbangers. And, uh, and I, just, I, I just walked up to him after my wrestling practice and I said, hey, because they trained right after wrestling practice in their gym. And I walked up and I said, hey, coach, I'm thinking about, you know, fighting. Uh, you know, can I come in and get a little work with you? And he was just like, sure. He was willing to dedicate some of his time after their practices. Got the, I believe he was one of the national team coaches at the time. And just dedicate time for me to just show me drills and just work with me. And we would do that. We would get that done, you know, a little bit. And we'd work, we'd work. And so in my head, I was like, all right. I'm gonna be done with wrestling after this year. I'm gonna go out, train four years. I'm coming back, I'll be the Olympian in the four years. It didn't dawn on me that there's dudes that are barely making the team that have been training for 20 years to make the Olympic team. Jeez. I was just like, I'm gonna go out three years. I'm coming back here, I'll be the, the world team member, the Olympic team member. And then I was just like, wait, I'm gonna throw away this skill that I've just spent. 14 to 20, 20 years building in wrestling. No, that don't make sense. How can I combine them both? And I was just like, MMA was just the, the option, the smart option. And I went into it and uh, I never looked back. That's amazing. That's an amazing story, man. Yeah. I, I think it's awesome the, the humility that you talk about, of like having those guys around you that were able to just be able to guide you and actually help you train and stuff like that. That is awesome, man. Yeah, I think every step of the way I, I've just, I've been blessed to just be around, you know, like, yeah, a, a guy can have the, all the talent in the world, but mm -hmm. I've just been blessed around to be the right, the right coach at the right time mm -hmm. that I was able to just trust in and believe in. 
that could bring the best out yeah, of you. Yeah, I just, for me, it was just like, okay, coach said, let's, that's what we're doing today, that's what we're doing. I never said, okay, nah, coach, I don't really want to do that today. It was just, oh, that's what we're doing? All right, let's do it. And I just trusted that by doing these things and then me doing my own personal work that I would get to that destination. And and I always I was, I always got there or I was right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, I've, I've always been just blessed and thankful that I was able to meet and be around some of the coaches at every level that I've been at. It was ordained by God for the time. I said the same thing to myself. How did I meet this guy or this person to get me in this situation? Yeah, no, I, I truly believe it's, um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of written. I mean, it, it's, it's a crazy coincidence to just think that somehow you connect with all the people you connect with mm-hmm. to end up in the situation that you're at. Mm-hmm. So you being, you know, in the league to mm-hmm. end up where you're at. For you to connect with everyone, it's, it's yeah. crazy to think that's just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. There's no coincidence. That's, it, it's crazy. Yeah. And so um, I just think we're all blessed and we all have a, a journey that, that's been written for us. For sure, I agree. And speaking of journey, so what's next for you, Us? What's next? Oh, man, it's uh, I'm kind of in a, I want to say weird. I don't want to say weird, but it's it's a little unfamiliar territory for me. Mm-hmm. Explain that, explain that. Because... Because, um, you know, I, I got into the sport and it was just like, I'm going to be the champion. Mm-hmm. That's it. And you did it. I was like, I'm going to be the champion. That, that was it. Mm-hmm. I didn't, there wasn't a plan B, C, D, or E. Mm-hmm. No, it was just, I'm going to be the champion one day. So it's every day, whether it's every run, whether it's every extra swim, or mm-hmm. it's leading towards that. That was always it for me. And then I got there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, that's cool. Then he grew more, grew more, grew more. I'm into different things now. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this show, I'm doing that show, I'm doing this uh, a movie. And, I, and it just, you know, it grew and grew and grew to where it was. And I remember asking my coaches before I ever became champion, I said, does, he get e- does these fights get easier? Once you become champion, you get to the top. Because I remember how I felt, you know, you backstage and you, you, you know, you, you know, you got an hour left. You know, you got to get up. You got to start warming up and you, you got to put your shorts. You got to put these wraps on mm-hmm. and your stomach. You can't consume no food. Yeah. You know? never, my eat, never eat. Is, my favorite part of the fight was getting ready in the dressing room, getting yeah. ready, getting my hands wrapping, thinking about what's going to happen. I, it's it's something about that moment. It's just you're there. It's the and moment I, of oh, truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're there. And every time I'm sleepy. They're wrapping me and I'm, I'm, I'm nodding off. I'm falling asleep. But it, this is your body, like, knowing what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's, this is its defense mechanism. It's putting you in a state of, of fight you, or flight. You know, yeah, you're, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, I, I don't know what to do. And then you're hitting pads and you feel slow. It's like everything's coming slow. You feel slow, but you're, it's like a cat being cornered. And it's, it's the most dangerous. It's, 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 it's at its most dangerous state when it's being cornered. But you don't. You think you're you're going through like you were saying earlier. You have that pre- you have that thought of pressure, and you you feel like you're in that moment. And so, that that right there, being in the back and, and, and dealing with all of that, it, it's. I asked him, "Does that get easier? Does it get better?" And he's like, "No, it gets worse mm-hmm. because it gets heavier and heavier." Yeah. You're just as nervous your first fight as you are, your last fight as you are in your first fight. It don't matter. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, I'm not a fighter. I, you know, I play football. It's the same exact way. Oh. Like, going there, I'm I'm always the first one in the locker room. I always try to get there super early. Pads. I'm just, 
can't eat nothing. No. Before the 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 day of the game, I can't eat nothing, bro. I only have like maybe if it's a day game. Maybe I can't sleep the day before. I can't either. sleep. Can't eat. And same thing, everything's just in slow motion. Just yeah. like thinking, processing your movement, thinking about the plays, thinking about your movements, thinking about what you got to do, what you got to accomplish. Yeah, you just got to hope that your preparation is, is going to just carry you through because it, it's almost like you're an autopilot at that point. Have you trained your body and your mind enough to be able to just withstand and handle what's going on in the midst of chaos? Yeah, you knock out somebody, do a punch, and you thought you missed him and he's out cold. Oh, yeah. I that, thought I missed this guy. He's laying out cold. I saw the film. Uh-huh. This guy. Yeah, my, my, you caused almost a couple fights in my house. Growing up, uh, my dad would get the pay-per-views, <laughs> and, and I, I distinctively remember there was one, and we were just talking about it back back there in the green room. Uh, my dad, the fight's about to start, and my dad's like, okay, I'm going to go. I think he went to go get a beer in the garage. He has his friends all in the, in the living room, and my dad goes in the garage, and he comes back. Fight's over. My dad. <laughs> so we gonna see the fight in here tonight. We gonna see. <laughs> see the fight. He, and the fight was over, and it, and it, he. I, I remember. I remember distinctively. There was a time people were mad at you. Yeah, people were mad at you because you, the fights didn't last, last long. long. Let me tell you something that's really interesting. When I lost my fight to Buster Douglas. Mm -hmm. I started getting paid more because now was the chance that I could be beaten. Mm. Yeah. I, was, I was getting paid more money because people couldn't bet on me. Yeah. yeah. So there's a possibility you get beat. Hey, people could bet on you now. Yeah, you know, that's, you. I, I, feel, I feel that. I'm, I'm kind of in this, like I say, this weird space mm -hmm. to where it's, um, like it was almost like more people were upset. People were more upset that I lost than I was. People were, were devastated. I get messages all the time. No, you're gonna, no, you're gonna get this back. You're gonna get that. And I'm fully aware, and I'm, I fully am aware that I, I know that I am the best welterweight, for sure in the division. Mm -hmm. I know that. But it's, it's, um, I'm just in a place where I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm loving the sport again. I'm falling in love with the sport again. Mm. You know, I've been training now, and, and I just feel stronger. I, I'm, I'm. I'm doing certain things and I'm, I'm liking that process again. Mm -hmm. When I look back on my journey to becoming champion and defending over and over and over, it was the journey. Mm -hmm. I remember just in my white, white Nissan Maxima, tinted out, just me and my daughter, she's in the car seat in the back. Mm -hmm. We drive to the gym, get done. We'll go to Babies R Us, hang out for an hour. I knew what song to play in the car, knock her out, she sleep, we get home, put her in bed. That was my routine. That mm. was my structure. And I, I was in love with that process. Mm -hmm. But then you get to the top and it's like, no, you got to go here for this interview. You got to go to LA for that. You got to go do this show. You got to do that. And now I've been gone three weeks. I haven't even spent time with my daughter. I tell it to my wife all the time. I said, baby, how, how, how are you going to tell me I'm a good father and I can't even spend time with my kids? I got to go to this part of the world and work. I got to go here and work. I got to go to here and work. And you will call me a good father because I'm a good provider. A good father spends time with his kids. Yeah, but I think it's 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 different perspective though. For her, you know, part of you doing your job that she agreed to in you guys' union and you guys' bond is you helping to provide for us. Exactly, but I like I want to be around my kids. I yeah, and I your perspective. I had other kids. I yeah. didn't have a chance to be around them as much because of this stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. so I want to hang out with my kids as much. I'm 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 the same way. I love hanging out with my daughter, and even now she's about to be nine, and she's funny, she's <laughs> smart. She she make fun of me, you know. I make fun of, her. and it's just it's something about her. I'm just kind of in this state to where 
I'm doing a lot to try to make her as happy as possible. And the same for my parents as well. I, I, I like to make them as happy as possible. And I, I don't know, sometimes they might feel like, you know, I'm, I'm not as aware or as, as present, but I'm there. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm very and I, present too in this. Yeah, I'm there and I, I, I just want to see them. I just want to see them happy. Yeah, my daughter, uh, she's uh, playing tennis now. And, uh, my daughter too. She's a tennis player. Yeah, they're they're down there in Florida. Some of the best tennis, and so she's um, she's kind of in that. It's it's crazy as a father. She I'm she's in that state to where she wants to compete, but she doesn't have. She's not competitive spirit yet. Mm-hmm. With me, she won't let me walk by her and just bump her. <laughs> I can't. I can't walk by her and accidentally bump her. She has to get the last hit. Oh, my daughter's saying we gotta fight me. Yeah, we gotta fight for. So you have problems getting a man. Man wants to fight constantly. Yeah, she's she's always like that. She won't let me just get the last hit in. But I do. So I know it's in there. Yeah, it's in there. But it's just I'm not, and I'm not willing to be. I don't want to be that dad. To where I'm screaming yeah, and yelling at her. To, I don't. I don't want to. I've That's seen how me. I don't want to kind of go through what I went through. Yeah. Like, oh, come on, cause you're getting your ass getting fat, getting shake. Yeah. <laughs> I, I. I. don't want to see that. So I. I'm just. I'm loving the process right now, and I'm loving falling in love with the sport again. To yeah. where, you know, I for me it's you know I might just want to pop out in the next couple of months and beat somebody up again because I'm. I'm. I'm really. I'm really starting to feel that. You know. But it's at my it's at my my own terms now. I wish I was fighting because I didn't understand when I was fighting it was all ego. Mm-hmm. I would understand fighting, taking care of your money, taking care of your family, high yield accounts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's what I should have been thinking when I was a child. You know. Yeah, but you don't. That's yeah. the thing is, you don't if you're not educated on that on that no aspect way. at that time, and I, I'm I'm I'm, you know, wrestling with that myself right now is, you know, being able to pick the you want to pick the right management who can help me with some of the things that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who can educate me with those things that I don't know that's not gonna take advantage of me. It's not about having a manager now. It's about having a, a trainer and a lawyer. It's mm-hmm. about the lawyer now. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. a manager. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's finding someone that's gonna look out for you. Look out for you, yeah, generally. You know. Nobody's gonna ever look out for you. You're gonna have to look, look out, out for you. you. That's never gonna happen. You're not True. gonna find somebody to look out for you. True. The way you need to be looked out for. Find a partner, your wife. Well, that's true, too. Part. Yeah. That's true, too. But still, the both of you still have to fight the, um, the evils in this world. It's trying to separate your guys from your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, and I, that's a question that I wanted to, to ask you as well, is when you weren't champion anymore, how, how, what's the big, what was the biggest difference? Were you happier as the champion? Or were you... Did it, did it, pull you into a state where you were happier not being a champion anymore? I was happier being alone with myself and being with me instead of just being caught up in the chaos of me. Mm. So um, only besides, um, like I'm talking about for my, my whole career, from fighting and stuff, I never... Um, really worried about how people was going to treat me because no matter whatever situation I was into, I was always Mike. I always came out with my head up. I didn't hide from nobody. I didn't mm-hmm. I'm just always Mike. Mm-hmm. If I got a billion dollars, I'm Mike. And if I got two dollars, I'm always I'm Mike. And so being that, I, I, I don't care about anything. I worry about anything. Because that's who I am. With money or without money, I'm Mike. 
Yeah, I, I can attest to that because uh, after I after the the fight where I lost the title, mm -hmm. it was because I did I did Rogan the week after, mm -hmm. and it was it was almost like a weird feeling. People couldn't believe that I wasn't hiding, that I wasn't home crying, or or, or I, that I wasn't sad or, mm -hmm. or crying about it. Of course, I was disappointed that I didn't win because mm -hmm. I put the work in to get the result of, mm -hmm. of, of being victorious. Mm -hmm. Of course, I was a piece of me was disappointed, but I was, it was a competition. You went, I whooped a ton of dudes. And, and then just because I wasn't victorious in that moment, it was like, everyone was like, they couldn't believe they're like, Oh no, he's faking it. He's faking it. Why, why is he not crying? Why is he not down? Why is, cause he was winning that whole fight. And then that moment it happened. I'm like, it is what it is. I'm not going to cry about it. Most people are not, um, does not have the competitive spirit. They don't believe if they lose everything. Like for me, myself, I'm not wishing bad stuff for me. If I lost everything tomorrow, mm -hmm. I'll get it back again. Because mm -hmm. I had it a couple, I had it four or five times before. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been broken rich more than anybody I know. But it's all about not giving up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm living that right now because I, I, a piece of me, I, I wake up some days. I'm like, oh, I'm fully capable of just mm -hmm. whooping the two, three dudes. I gotta whoop and get that belt back. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm fully capable of that. And, you know, but I, I like this state where I mean, I'm loving, you know, training, loving getting to spend time with my, my, my fam, my daughter again. And, um, you know, being able to just train, train freely, mm -hmm. train freely. When you're, the, when you're there and you're the champion, it's like everything you do, it's like it's under a microscope. You know, you go in and, 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 and the training partner is getting the best of you. One day they, you know, they're in the gym talk. Oh, he ain't got it no more. He ain't got it. This dude's getting them. That dude's getting them. That dude's getting them. Yeah. You know, now I'm, I'm training freely. This dude gets the best of me. It's okay. I come back tomorrow and I, I, you know, I put it on him. It's okay. I'm training freely and I'm loving that aspect because it allows me to mentally grow as opposed to being stuck in the one place where it's, oh, you're the champion. You got to do everything perfect. Everything. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. You, know, you got to become seasoned professional before you can handle that pressure. Yeah. I feel like there's beauty in the struggle and also in the process, like you, like you have to, it's just like life, the ebbs and flows of lives, right? Like up and down. And I think honestly, you going through that is just gonna build you up even bigger. It's gonna make your story even bigger, you know? Like your story even better and bigger. Like you have to go through that, that loss just to build back so you come back even exactly. stronger. That's just how it is, that's how it is. It makes the weak weaker and the strong stronger. I think I, I agree, and I, I think that was something that Floyd might have been missing a little bit because I think he got into a state of he was so perfect in as far as his style and what he did with his style to where I feel like it was almost a turnoff for people where people were like, oh, it's boring, it's boring, to where almost like people were rooting for him to lose just to see how he listen, could handle it and bounce exactly, back. But listen, and this is what you realize. The bad guy always make the most money in boxing. That's just the way it is. People want to see the bad guy, just like in the Western. The bad yeah. guy is the guy. Without the bad guy, there's no good guy. Absolutely. You know, it has to be a bad guy. And sometimes the bad guy, he plays his role better than the good guy. The bad guy's never forgotten, even though he play, even though he loses in the end. Yeah. No, I, I I agree with that because I do think it takes a lot of courage to be the bad guy. Absolutely. Because 
everybody wants to be good. But you gotta be. Every, that's that's you what gotta, you're supposed to be because that's what's be. good. Everybody wants to resonate with good, good, good. Mm -hmm. But to be able to step out as the bad guy, I think that takes a lot of courage. The good guys admire you, but they don't want to be like you. Yeah. But you don't yeah. realize sometimes in order to go where you gotta go, you sometimes gotta be the bad guy. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. the go where you gotta go, you have to be who you have to be. And sometimes that's the bad guy. Yeah. 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 No, I. It, it's. You know, I get to a point now where I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just me. I'm just happy being me, happy in training, happy in being the father, happy in, in, in trying to be, you know, the best son that I can for my, my, my parents and the best brother I can for my brothers and sister. So it's, you know, I'm just being in that state. I'm just, I'm loving it. I'm just, you know, relishing all that comes with it. And, uh, you know, if that's, you know, I get to get, get that opportunity again to, to be the champion. Of course, now I feel like it's a, it'll be a different feeling this, this time. Because, mm -hmm. you know, now you've been up, you felt all of that and you've been down. I mean, when I came out of prison and I won the title back, it felt like, it felt like a form of revenge for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it felt like revenge. It was at one of those moments where you felt like, I showed you. I told exactly. you. I came back from prison three years and I still kicked your fucking ass and yeah. got the belt. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I do I do understand that. That that piece of it. There was I'm one of those guys, I show off and I have my belt, got money. Yeah, hey, I show it. <laughs> it's beautiful around my way. Did you really shower with that belt? Yes. <laughs> I've showered good at before, yeah. No, I, I think what, I saw a picture of it and I I I, I I think early on in my career, I think when I first, I saw Rashad Evans' belt, I saw his belt and I was like, oh man, this is what we get. Okay, I'm gonna get it one day. And then I seen the picture of you with the belt in the shower and I said, if I'm ever fortunate enough to win the belt, <laughs> I'm taking a shower with that belt. That's tough. I never did it though. You never I did never, it? Never, <laughs> it was so nice and shiny. I was like, no I can't do this, man. man. You probably thinking you had like, what? You probably thinking you had, what the fuck was Mike doing? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm going to shower with this thing. That's the way I am, man. I, if I got a belt, I wear it in the shower, attach myself with it. Yeah. If I get a new house or property, I piss on it for good luck, it's mine. Really? Oh, absolutely. Mark it uh, like your territory. Exactly. Yeah. No, it, it's, you know, there's a, there's a few people on this, and I, me and my dad talk about it. There's a few people, I think, on, on planet Earth that I think we're just blessed to see, blessed to be around. You know, there's just those iconic figures, and uh, and you represent that for us, Uncle oh, Mike. You me. you represent that for us, and and it's and I feel like this because you know everybody walks around and they say, oh yeah, you're great, you're great, you're great, and in your head you might feel a different way, but you know when we truly say that we mean that because of what you represent for us and what you may not know it, what you might have you doing you you being you helped someone overcome. Mm -hmm. at some point in their life. So that's why so many people might walk up and say that because it's true what you represent and you are, and I mean, I don't think it's close. I think you're the most recognizable face on the planet. Cause I think it's kids, little kids in Nepal that don't, mm -hmm. don't, and never watch your fight but come like, out, Mike Tyson, mm -hmm. you know, they, they know the face. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we're grateful, I'm thankful, thankful to be able to do this with you, be around and, and you guys, you know, um, and I'm just blessed because, like I said, you know, being in my daddy's house and watching your fights and, 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 and. What was it like being raised in Nigeria? It was great. Yeah. 
it was great because this is one thing that, and I think in this country we're so hyper-focused about, is um, we forget that kids are only able to, um, kids are only able to comprehend their circumstance in this situation. It doesn't matter if they ain't got uh, uh, Gucci shoes on. Mm -hmm. They have something on their feet. They're happy with that. Or even if they don't have anything on their feet, they're happy. Kids are always still going to play and smile and laugh. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. what I learned from people in Africa. They don't expect anything. That's yeah. why they're always happy. People over here, we expect a new pair of Pumas. We expect everything. Mm -hmm. Without even being able to pay for it, we expect everything. No humility. That's, a, that's yeah. the kind we're always miserable. Yeah, that's why we're going to be I think we're kind of forced and marketed that way to where it's, no, that it's going to make you happy. If you don't have that, you're not going to be happy. If you don't have that, you're not going to be happy. Mm. So where growing up, it was just, you know, I remember when we did get a new pair of shoes from my, from my father. Because my father was the first to immigrate here and, and sending us new pair of shoes. I don't We didn't know if they were Payless shoes. Mm -hmm. what did, shoes. We didn't care. They were shoes. Oh, look at the, 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 the laces on them. Mm -hmm. All white. It, we didn't care. Yeah. We were happy and we loved it. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and from what I could remember and, and comprehend, I was just... I, we had a good time. That's what we were born into, and we enjoyed that. And then we come to where we immigrate here, and we were living in a one-bedroom uh, apartment in Arlington, Texas. Mm -hmm. One bedroom. It's mom, dad, and three boys. One-bedroom apartment. We still found joy in that. To where we immigrated. Now we got a 2-2. We still found joy in that. To where my dad bosses up, and we, we, we buy a house. Now we got a, you know, uh, I believe a four or four bedroom house to where now brother, one brother can have his own room and yeah. we can have our own room. And, and then, you know, we were still happy in that. So it's, um, you know, being raised there, being raised here, it's, I think it's, it's about your surrounding, your environment, your family, mm -hmm. you know, that's what the true happiness lies on. It's not necessarily where you Very are. interesting you say that because at one time when um, I lost all my goodies, me and my wife were staying at this little Kind of creepy apartment town, two bedroom, three bedroom, and um, we always it was small, so we always you know we whisper, yeah, baby, can you please kind of forget that? Thank you. And then next day we get out of that little house, we had a bigger house now. Hey, baby, <laughs> get that shit, Malaki, duck on. You know, they go, so they go, hey, baby, yeah, can you get that? Thank you, yeah. you and then the house gets bigger, you get more money. Hey, Get that shit down! <laughs> you got through the house. I can't hear you. What'd you say? What? Get over here! Come here! I'm in the shower. Yeah, I, I just think that it's just it's based on your. It becomes where it's based on your environment and your surrounding and the people around you that truly make you happy. Um. So yeah, whether being raised there, raised here, it's, I was still happy. I had cool. good parents good brothers and sisters, and that was it for me. Texas has a, especially Dallas, has a big African community. Yes, yes. Dallas, Houston, yeah. Atlanta, big. huge community. And it, it, I always thought that was funny, but it's it's about familiarity. So when a family's immigrating to a certain space, they want, want to, to be close. Where their yeah, are. where mm -hmm. their people are. They want to be close to their communities. To where it's it's easy to assimilate, to where you 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 know you kind of speak each other's language, you understand each other, how you live, how you eat, how you survive, and so 
when I was young, I didn't understand that. I was like, why is so many Africans in the same spot? Why don't they spread out? The U.S. is big. Mm-hmm. Spread out. Our strength is together. Yeah, yeah. strength together. Yeah. yeah. It's not good if one of us, all of us is here and then one of us is up there with all the big time people. Yeah. What's the purpose of him being up there if he's not going to help us? No, yeah, yes. it, was, it was the same thing for me because my parents are both uh, from Haiti. So okay. I'm first generation. So yeah, they all moved. All that, a lot of Haitians in Jersey. Yeah. A lot yeah, of Haitians Florida. in Jersey, New York, Florida, Florida, New York. Yeah, yeah. like heavy, heavy. Heavy. I have quite a few Haitian friends. But you don't know they're Haitian until you go over their house. <laughs> wait, wait, what does that mean? What are you talking about? Oh, what is that? You don't know. They don't talk with an accent. And they yeah, go like, some oh, do. Mommy, they talk in an accent. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, they speak French Creole. What the fuck? That's Creole, man. That's Creole. Sac passe. Yeah, we know my own. I thought they, you know, it's like get. Out. I thought this nigga brought me here and he's gonna kill me. Even I ain't talking a different language. Yeah. Like, oh, it's it was one. It was one time I went to a, uh, um, I went to a barbershop mm-hmm. down there in South Florida. Okay, and I'm in the barbershop and I have some, some Haitian friend. Uh, shout out to my boy John Luce and, uh, and and Ron. Haitian Gucci. Toby. and Ron Gucci. So I'm there and I'm watching them in the barbershop. It's all Haitians in, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm watching them. And they stand the way that, and I'm Nigerian, and I'm I'm Nigerian, and I'm watching them. They're, they stand just the way we stand. They're as aggressive with the, the yeah. deliverance of the tone yeah. the way we are. The mannerisms is the same. And I'm like, this is Nigerians. This is Ghanaians. This yeah. is Africans right yeah. here. Well, if you think about Haiti, yeah. think about Haiti. So the island of Espanola in general, it was nothing but Taino people on there, right? Then they went to Africa, took people from Africa, brought them, brought yeah. them to the Mixed island. Yeah. And then, so now you got, so now it's a mixture of the Tainos, the, the Africans, and then also, you know, uh, Columbus is bringing the, Spa- the Spanish yeah. side. So now it's a mixture of that as well. So now yeah. it's just like a giant melting pot of just oh, yeah. culture. Yeah. So yeah, you'll definitely see that. That's why Haitians come in all different colors. Oh, yeah. My mom is my mom is white. white. Yeah, my mom cry. is light, like yeah. light, light. But I'm dark. I've seen that yeah. in Haiti. I've yeah. seen that in, um, in Haiti too. You know, you don't you, yeah. you think all oh, Haitians are black. black. Yeah. Nah. All different, yeah. That, that African gene, though, is just. Oh, they get in there, yeah, it's, for it's, sure. No, it's in it's, there. No, it's, it's in, in there. there. No, it is in there. And dominant. And I watch how they stand and mm-hmm. how they talk, and I'm like, oh, these is Africans. Yeah, these is straight Africans. Yeah. Just you know, they just like Jamaicans. They're just, they're Africans, you know. So it, it's I loved it, and I and it was something that day. I just once I started seeing, I was I just felt the a, a peace. I was just like, oh, I'm at home. Yeah. So you start eating the food. The food is totally different. Food fire. Like, food, food fire. Totally food fire. But we like the same. It's rice. Yeah. Yeah. Protein, chicken. Yeah. Some hot like plantain. Yeah. Yeah. Some kind of hot yeah. ass sauce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that shit. That shit will change your life, dog. I'm telling you. Listen, I. So I'm trying to get this. You know, I'm in DC. I'm trying to get this African girl. She just done having the years um, migrated to America. Yeah. But the African girl, she's young and beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm trying to, I'm hitting on them, I'm trying to make this process, and I'm going to say, well, this guy has no money, so let me offer her money or something, mm-hmm. right? So um, I offer, let's go hang out. She's okay, I'll hang out with you if you, if you eat um, this chicken soup, this, what was it? Goose, um, pepper soup something, or something like something that? Yeah, yeah, But when they brought out, I ate it, and it was, it must have been 10 below zero, right? <laughs> I started sweating in my house. <laughs> 
and the house I started sweating. You know what I'm saying? My my tongue started getting swollen, and I had to, I, in the freezer like twenty miles there. I rolled up the window. I go, ah! <laughs> I never saw that person again. <laughs> so safe to say you felt like that. I drank water and it made it hotter. Nah, I said, ah! Oh, I never felt that experience in my life. Yeah, that's I, one. That's one piece of ass I never seen again. <laughs> I never, and it was all. Oh, I thought they were trying to kill me, these Africans, man. Nah, bro, they're, trying, they're, trying, they're trying to put you on the culture, but yeah. oops, we got some gear for you we want to give oh, you. This is a special package, and you're going to like this because we're in a new line of business. Thank open you. up. Please open it up. Thank you. Okay. Straight up, right away, the shirts. I always dig the shirts. I oh, yeah. Dan Loomis, that's selling off the rack. Mm. I can't believe I'm going to be a, a wealthy guy off a fucking shirt. <laughs> Your face, man, See, iconic. He just told. He just told you, See, Mike. That's the that's the space that we want to be in. You did all the work in your your early years. Yeah, you put that work in. So the later years, you just gotta chill, relax, yeah, relax. Let, let it roll in, so you can spend time with your kids, your family. Right. But that's what I tell my, my wife. Just hang on. Oh yeah, boxing gloves can never have too many. Tyson Pro can never have too many of these. Tyson Pro is my new line of glove wear. Love it. Oh, we got mitts too. Mitts. Okay. All right. Next time my female friends, you know, she she has a problem, we just put the mitts I saw on. A beautiful we boxer girl. What was her name again? Alicia Yeah, She just fought a friend. She fought a friend of my I believe her last fight. She Michaela Mayer. So they could, they were, that was an incredible fight. I actually watched that. It was an all-girls card. And that was Baumgartner versus Mayer and Clarissa Shields versus... Clarissa is a savage, straight beast. And, and the girl she fought, too, was amazing. Yeah. And I, I just I watched it. And I loved it. And I, you know, females are actually doing... They can box now. These girls can I, box. They're doing their thing. Yeah. No, females yeah. are doing their thing. Okay, we, we got to go. I actually have to go. My brother is fighting in... An hour and a half, and so I got to go luck. be Tell there for him. Yes, time good luck. Time good luck. Of course. The crew on Hot Boxing yes. and Blue Wire Studios. Mike, you got to ask your question. You got to ask oh, your... Um, this is a question I ask everyone, mm -hmm. and we have tens of millions of people right there. Yeah. They want to know everything about you. How can they get in touch with you after this? I'm sorry. It's right here. Okay, okay. Yeah, you can get in touch with Tell me Tell on Instagram, uh, Twitter. Snapchat, what's those other that the cool kids are using? Uh, TikTok, uh, TikTok, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, at Ushman 84kg, USMAN 84kg, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. So, uh, you know, if I don't respond to your message, well, guess what? Uh, it's just millions of messages in there. So, <laughs> and hopefully, I'll get to it one day. And is there anything you want to tell the people that you want to tell the people? Um, I just, yeah, just you know, um, you know, like I'm kind of in this phase where obviously as a fighter and, and trying to transition to give a opportunity to the other fighters coming into where I've, I've also, I've started a promotion in Africa. It's an MMA promotion called the AKO. Wow. You know, so you can see that on Instagram at the AKO show. So, well, you know, Great we're trying to, yeah, Africa. we're trying to, we're trying to give them opportunities to, to, to get over here and actually show the world what Africa can do. So, uh, thank you guys. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uncle Mike, I got to run. All right, and, um, thank you for coming. Yeah, my pleasure.